Oh, hi. My name is Casey Samee. That was Sarah Marie. We are actresses and filmmakers in Austin, Texas, and this is the Movie Worthy Woman. Movie Worthy Woman. A short series of videos that I have created about women from history whose lives are worth commemor commemorating in film, and for some reason, they have not been. And today, we are talking about the Popes. Here's the holy tea on our girl, soon to be known as Pope Joan. In the early to mid 800s, Joan traveled with her lover to Athens. Some sources say she dressed as a man to follow her lover into the church. Others say she dressed as a man so she can get an education. Back then, women weren't allowed to have educations. No so, education for no women. No education for you. So she put on some pants and went by the name of John Angelicus. She got straight A's in philosophy, theology, and wearing pants and pretending to be a dude just so she could have access to her God-given right to using her brain. Do you brain think she learned how to pee standing up? Oh, fuck yeah. Her brain was so good that it gained massive respect due to, her, due to her intellectual aptitude. She was basically the smartest smarty that ever smarted in the medieval world. And speaking of medieval world, the learning of it was done through the church, the Catholic church, the one church to rule them all. Church for my friends, my nerdy nerd friends out there. I know that you don't know what that means, but I appreciate you saying it. I don't know what that means. She rose to the top of these ecclesiastic circles and became so well-versed and well-respected in Catholic history and all the God stuff that sometime between 1854 and 1856, she was named Pope. And for a period of time, she did a really excellent job of poping. Like, freaking poping. Who, who runs the world? Girl Popes! Who runs the world? But because she had this hottie hot lover and they were still like doing it, sidebar, can you imagine begging the Pope? No. Nope. That'd be freaking awesome. I wonder if she keeps her hat on because I sure would. Okay. Anyways, she had her hottie hot lover. They were still doing it and she got preggers. Uh -oh. Okay. Yeah. Pregante. So then, pregante. In the middle of this big important procession from like one place to another, she suddenly gave birth and outed herself as a woman. What in the holy fuck were those bystanders thinking? I mean, here comes a pope and then the Pope goes popping out a baby. From there, it's unclear what happened to Our Lady of Badassery. She could have actually had a son or she could have had a miscarriage and died in childbirth. Borth. Borth. <laughs> or she could have been forced to repent in a room somewhere for the rest of her life or some combo or any of these options. Plus, maybe the um, people of Rome were so angry because hashtag patriarchy that they tied her to a horse and drug her for quite some time um, while stoning her to death. That sounds accurate. It's totally. I think it's probably that one. Y'all, I have a confession. Joan probably shouldn't be a movie worthy woman because she already has two films about her. One is from 2009 with John Goodman and a second from 1972. Both are creatively named Pope Joan. <laughs> I think the 2009 film does a really good job, like a good enough job that I don't have to pretend it doesn't exist mm. and like fake writing another movie about it. Also, we don't actually know if the account of Pope Jones are fact or fiction, here's a list of reasons why it's fiction. No one spontaneously gives birth. Wait, are you gonna count them or not? Well, there was no number on them. There's a number on them. One. Thank you. No one spontaneously gives birth. You can't go about your day and then a baby suddenly falls out of your vagina. She would have known well before what was happening and she would have faked being sick and stayed home and not gone in that procession, okay? Two. Two! Joan's name is left off the official papal list. The ultimate and complete list of all popes, okay? Three! Joan's story first appeared in the Chronicle of a Dominican Friar in 1255. 
However, it is assumed that her story comes from a time of upheaval when popes sought to consolidate their rule over Rome. Rome resisted and fought against the pope's authority by using Joan's story as a weapon to slander them. Sounds ridiculous now, but back then, you really could ruin someone's life and take their power by spreading a rumor. When there was no mail or internet, it was an effective tactic. Four! It's pretty easy to find, for the haters to find reasons why drawings and statues of Joan aren't actually of Joan. For example, 20-year-old Pope John Twelfth is said to be one of the most immoral popes of all time. He constantly took mistresses and prostitutes and basically turned the papal- Sex workers. Sex workers, sorry. And basically turned the papal residence into a brothel. Sounds like a fun pope, if you ask me. Hookers and blow all day long. Amen. Wow. Apparently, one of the ladies was named Joan, and in uh, 1493, someone did a drawing of him in which they made him look like a woman with a baby and all. So, you know, to slander him, like you did back then, and express their disgust at his super fun brothel party. To me, this is a pretty weak sounding, like, explanation for the whole situation. Five! Good if job. she did have a son, there is no evidence of him. However, it's just as easy to find arguments for the Jones story being fact instead of fiction. One! While you can't suddenly give birth, you can suddenly have a painful life-ending miscarriage. This event would have outed her as a woman and explained why there's no evidence of her son. If she did have a son, that baby was a bastard born of the greatest scandal of the 800s, and that child was probably put in a basket and sent down the river. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Two! It is suggested that the sequence of popes in the papal list in the ninth century is incorrect, and that Joan's name is not the only one missing. Additionally, the legend of Joan was declared untrue in 1601 by Pope Clement the eighth. Five, five, I, I, eight. Okay, Pope Clement the eighth. For no reason that I could find, in many copies of the Nuremberg Chronicle, a, nine, uh, a 1493 illustrated um, encyclopedia consisting of the world historical accounts, Pope Joan's image is crossed out or removed entirely, and the page is annotated, denying the legend. However, there are still copies where documentation of Joan and her image has survived. Three! Three! Coins during this time were minted with the name of the emperor on one side, and on the other side, it was a pope's monogram, a symbol made using the person's initials or something like that. So while some of the coins during this time possessed a monogram belonging to Pope John VIII, earlier ones had significantly different monogram. These other coins may have belonged to a different pope, Pope John, AKA Pope Joan. Okay, so here's the thing. No matter if she's real or not, her story has survived for centuries and people are still arguing about it because it still holds merit about how we think about sexism today. Women weren't allowed to be Pope back then and they aren't allowed to be Pope now. And the implications of why that is are old and antiquated and laughable. So it means that while the world is moving forward and evolving, the foundations upon which Catholicism is built is still stuck in a medieval times. Gross! Gross. And sad. And sad. Fifty bajillion Hail Marys to you, Catholic Church. Burn. Burn. But I know that there's a lot of Catholics in the world, and that's because there's probably a lot of really beautiful things about Catholicism. And it's probably really easy to see those things once you refuse the Catholic guilt and shame and stuff that Catholicism has gifted many of you. But let me be clear. If a woman were Pope, the molestation of children, the raping of women, and the shame of being a human being would not be tolerated. I realize the likelihood of this changing anytime soon is slim to none. So I have decided to solve this problem for all of us by naming myself Pope. Yay! Titiklios habet 
et bene pendentis. Is that what it takes to be Pope? Yeah. Well, they are supposed to grab each other's balls to make sure it's a dude now, so I'm just grabbing my tits. Oh, nice. Perfect. To make sure I'm a woman. Your lady balls. My lady balls. Yeah. Okay, one last thing okay. on the topic. We all know that Santa Claus isn't real, right? What? I'm so sorry. But his story originated at around the same time as Pope Joan. And Santa Claus is based on the real Saint Nicholas, a man so pious and kind that he became the patron saint of protecting children. His story of kindness and generosity lives on throughout this exaggerated fictional story. I'd say it's safe to assume the same thing could be, should be true about Pope Joan. I believe there were actual events that took place and were impactful enough that they were told over and over again until it turned into legend. There are already two films about Pope Joan's life, so I wouldn't do another film about Pope Joan, like just a telling of her life. What I would do is some um, kind of modern retelling of the story that highlights how the same sexism still exists today. Mm. Or like maybe some weird art house film about a woman searching for proof of Pope Joan and then ends up thinking that she's Pope Joan and has a conversation with God, yada, 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 oh. yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know, but I think maybe the modern retelling is probably the best way to go on this one. Anyways, thank you so much for watching. And in the meantime, until the next one comes out, Ladies, let's all name ourselves Pope. <laughs>